Welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Randy L. Noble. I'm concluding my brief mini-series on women leadership in the church, what the Bible actually teaches. And I've been quoting and reading from my book, Broken Yet Beautiful, Rising Up from Their Ashes. I want to conclude this series on the most positive, important, powerful note that makes the case for how women should have the right, irrespective of gender, to use their gifts and callings in the church, and that is Jesus. How Jesus treated women is exactly the prime example of how pastors should treat and look upon women who have the gifts and callings to lead and to teach. And I want to make my case to you that have been following In this series, I've taken the pet scriptures and given another example of what they actually mean from top-notch scholars and those who are on the egalitarian side and believe in women leadership. I want to read from my book, and I want you to listen from the heart, and I hope that I can capture and paint well with words and get attention from you on who Jesus is and how he treated women. Now, on this particular broadcast, I am not going to be quoting from the Gospel of John and the woman caught in adultery and the Samaritan woman. Those are two separate podcasts that I've already taught on about the treatment of Jesus toward women. And you can access them here on Anchor. And I will make the links available to you if you want to listen to those particular broadcasts. But I want to read for just a minute from chapter one of Broken Yet Beautiful. Beauty comes from brokenness. A broken ground becomes a garden. Broken seeds become flowers. Broken grain becomes bread. Broken clouds produce rain. A broken cocoon releases a butterfly. There is a profound secret in brokenness. The beauty of brokenness is marvelously illustrated in the transformation of sea glass found washed up on all beaches all over the world. My dear friend Teresa, writing in her excellent blog, Linen and Silk, Letters from My Garden, has beautifully captured how the mundane pieces of sea glass discovered buried deep down in the sandy beaches can become an exquisite treasure from its broken pieces. Some beaches and hidden coves are treasure troves of gorgeous, sparkling glass that has endured years of being washed against the sand and rocks by powerful waves. Things that have been discarded and broken have become treasure. This beautiful glass is so sought after that in many places where it has been abundant in the past, it is now rarely found. Each piece of glass is unique and beautiful. When a beach is covered with treasure, it is like a piece of artwork made by God. Dale Chuli is a glass artist who has a work called Persian Ceiling. The colors he used creating a masterpiece like a weaving or a painting of smooth, sparkling glass. 
Now, while the concept of broken glass found on beaches being transformed into works of art is a poignant example of brokenness to beauty, yet the most profound illustration of this concept is found in the incarnation of Christ. The very king of the universe stepped down from his lofty throne in heaven, discarded his royal robes of righteousness, and instead clothed himself in human flesh. The Lord of the universe became a servant, laying aside all of his rights and privileges to become a human being, living amidst a hostile world that he had created for his glory. Jesus the God-man, became one of us. He came into a broken world to pay the ultimate price with his life, to reconcile desperate humanity from the death and bondage of sin. He allowed himself to be horribly disfigured and broken on a wooden cross in order to restore the beauty to his fallen creation. His death forever removed the ugliness of our sin and guilt. Jesus became broken to reveal the beauty of his love and forgiveness. Then the king rose victorious from the dead, once the gentle lamb, but now the fierce line of Judah, the glorified Christ. The once broken servant was now transformed back into the sovereign king of the universe, but first he had to experience brokenness before beauty could be restored. My book, Broken Yet Beautiful, is the story of women who have suffered oppression for thousands of years, being trampled on by misogynistic cultures, and are now beginning to rise up and respond to their divine calling by the king of the universe. Broken is becoming beautiful once again. Paradise is returning to the Garden of Eden, where the curse of sin began its ravenous grip on the souls of our first parents. Women are rising up, no longer viewing themselves as helpless victims, but as courageous survivors, refusing to no longer be dominated by the dictates of controlling men. And now I want to make the case from broken to beautiful, the perfect example of Jesus, to how he viewed the women of his day in the culture he stepped into. The extremely low status that the Greek, Roman, and Jewish woman had for centuries was radically affected by the appearance of Jesus Christ. His actions and teachings raised the status of women to new heights, often to the consternation and dismay of his friends and enemies. By word and deed, he went against the ancient, taken for granted beliefs and practices that defined women as socially, intellectually, and spiritually inferior. That is Alvin Schmidt from his book, How Christianity Changed the world. There is wonderful promise tucked into the collection of Hebrew poetry, also known as the Psalms, that is for the oppressed. It is a special promise of deliverance for the hurting and the scarred. 
they have suffered so long, that is, women have suffered so long under the bondage for centuries without any relief. Psalm 72 verses 12 through 14 proclaims, speaking of God, he will rescue the poor when they cry to him. He will help the oppressed who have no one to defend them. He feels pity for the weak and needy, and he will rescue them. He will redeem them from oppression and violence, for their lives are precious to him. God understands the pains and sufferings of humanity because he left his royal throne in heaven and clothed himself in human flesh. He became one of us and suffered immensely in body, soul, and spirit on a wooden cross for our salvation. He is not a distant, faraway deity, but a personal, loving, compassionate God who promises one day in eternity to wipe all tears from our eyes and abolish all pain, suffering, and death forever. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4. At the perfect time, God stepped out of eternity and became a human being in Jesus Christ. The great event of the incarnation was God entering into humanity for the purpose of delivering us from the pain and guilt of sin and restoring us from the brokenness to our beauty once again. For centuries, women had suffered under the yoke of oppression and discrimination. And now God himself was going to come into humanity and rescue them from the slime and the filth of gender abuse. Jesus was a man of great humility and compassion, and as the God of justice, he confronted the evils of discrimination and racism that had enslaved women for far too long. Jesus came to announce the arrival of the kingdom of God, and in this kingdom, there would be no oppression, discrimination, or racism permitted, but instead, there would be compassion equality, and genuine kindness that once had filled the paradises of Eden. Jesus had come to liberate women from the chains of gender abuse and restore them once again to their dignity and worth as image bearers of God. The view of women in the culture of Jesus' day was both sad and deplorable. Women were treated as second-class citizens by the religious establishment. The oral law of Jesus' day said this, Let the words of the law be burned rather than committed to women. The woman, says the law, is in all things inferior to man. Let her accordingly be submissive. Epion 2.2.10 This was the thanksgiving prayer of a Jew at the time of Jesus. Praised be to God that he has not created me a Gentile. Praised be to God that he created me not a woman. A rabbi considered it beneath his dignity to speak in public to a woman. This was the mood of the Jewish religious culture and it was very hostile to the average woman. It was into this culture that Jesus came to restore the value 
dignity and worth of a woman. Through his triumphant death and resurrection, Jesus was victorious over sin and Satan. The resurrection vindicated everything that Jesus said and taught. He was now the risen Lord and Savior, possessing all power and authority. In Matthew chapter 28 and John 20, the women arose early on Easter morning to visit the tomb and anoint the body of Jesus. Instead of finding him lying in a tomb, they were astonished by the appearance of angels proclaiming that he had risen from the dead. What is most interesting in both of these accounts is that Jesus made his first resurrection appearance to women. The male disciples were still huddled away together in fear while the women boldly made their way to the tomb. I believe the reason that Jesus appeared first to Mary Magdalene and the other women was to make an important statement in redemptive history. From her excellent book, In the Spirit, We're Equal, author Susan C. Hyatt makes some important observations on the resurrection appearance of Jesus to the women. Jesus appeared first to Mary Magdalene after his resurrection. Jesus is making an important statement. Go and tell my brethren defines commission. Interestingly, the New Testament word apostle literally means one who is sent. Mary thus received the first apostolic commission from the risen Lord to proclaim the greatest fact in history, the resurrection. In a Jewish and Roman court, the testimony of a woman was not permitted as evidence. By appearing first to Mary Magdalene, Jesus was therefore cutting through the remnants of disdain and prejudice in his male disciples toward his female disciples. The appearance to the women also validates the Bible as God's holy inspired word. If the Bible was a product of myths and fables invented by crafty men, men would have hardly chosen women to be the first witnesses of the resurrection. The foundation of the gospel is the glorious resurrection of Christ from the dead, and it was during this most important event that Jesus placed his stamp of approval on women to be commissioned as the first apostles. Now, I think that is incredible. He says to Mary, go and tell them I am risen from the dead. Apostle means one sent. Jesus appeared to women. He first appeared to Mary. He commissioned her. How dare we come against the gifts and callings in women in church when Jesus appeared first after his resurrection to a woman and says, go tell them that I'm risen. That is so important. Again, making the point on how Jesus treated women in the gospel. So, so very important. Matthew chapter 9, verses 20 through 22. And behold, 
a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years, came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, if I only touch his garment, I will be made well. Jesus turned and seeing her said, take heart, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. This particular woman was in a hopeless situation. She had been to every physician without any cure. And yet, as soon as she touched the hem of Jesus' garment, she was miraculously healed. And what is so significant about this account in Matthew's Gospel is that according to Leviticus chapter 15, verses 25 through 27, Jewish law declared this woman ceremonially unclean. Jesus had allowed an unclean woman to touch him. And regardless of her physical condition and what the law said, Jesus displayed compassion on this hopeless woman. For 12 years, this woman had spent all of her money on doctors and there had been no cure. This beautiful account in Matthew's Gospel once again demonstrates the mercy and compassion Jesus had for women. He ignored all of the cultural taboos, putting him at odds with the religious establishment of his day, and lifted women up out of the gutters of discrimination. Well, there are many more examples. Like the woman caught in adultery, Jesus said to those plotting against her, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. He forgave this woman and sent her on his way to the Samaritan woman, the outcast from the Jewish lineage. He commissioned her to say, you have met the Messiah today. She went back to her village and told everyone, I have met the Messiah. He has told me everything about me. That's how Jesus treated women. He put no restrictions on them. And it illustrates to us the attitude we should have toward them in the church. He did not burden them with certain tasks which were descriptive for women as part of the patriarchal society. Instead, he entrusted women with the glorious good news of the gospel and treated them as equal image bearers of God. This example of Jesus should inform our thinking and transform our cultural attitudes and biases toward women. Men and weak women are equal, and a male-dominated church has no place in the kingdom of God. I really appreciate you taking time to listen to these individual teachings on my podcast in this mini-series about women leadership and the church. If you want more information and you want to study more, I encourage you to go to Amazon.com. My book, Broken Yet Beautiful, Rising Up from Their Ashes, is available in both Kindle and paperback. Now, the way it is linked up on Amazon, if you type in the name of my book, Broken Yet Beautiful, in Kindle by Randy L. Noble, it will come right to it.
and I just want to help you because I want you to be fully informed. And I want healing and wholeness to come to you as a woman so that you will understand how the Bible and how Jesus, the attitude of Scripture, is in your favor. The teachings of Scripture is in the favor of women. Women are to be treated with kindness, compassion, and respect. And we are to, as men in the church, recognize the gifts and callings of women. And if they qualify, we should have no problem because of their gender. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. And I will see you on my next podcast, The Cross in the Desert. Have a blessed week.